And that was like the end of my business plan. Like I thought that was just going to be how it was going to go. Of course, like you just end up getting just smacked in the face with reality because it's much more of a grind. It's much more of a hustle. Nobody's going to just hand you anything. You have to just completely work your tail off. Do you want to wake up feeling like you are stepping into who you're meant to be into the best possible version of you? What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Pedraza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Hey y'all, welcome to Hopeful and Wholesome. Thanks so much for listening. I've got Akila on today. Akila is a friend of mine and the face behind Oat in Texas, which is a lifestyle and fashion blog turned PR consulting business here in San Antonio. She's really one of my most favorite people on the planet. She's so honest and open and vulnerable with her followers and she never hesitates to stand up for what she believes in, which I love about her so much. In today's episode, we talk about how your life's path is not often what you expect, and what it's like to take the leap from working a, quote, normal job to entrepreneurship. She talks about the importance of having a mentor and the importance of letting go in order to grow. This episode is dedicated to all entrepreneurs out there, all those who are entrepreneurs at heart, looking for inspiration from someone who totally lives her purpose. I know you're going to love Akila. You'll enjoy. All right. Hey, Akila. How are you? I am doing awesome. How are you, Hope? Good. Thanks so much for hopping on with me today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So for those of people who are listening who don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about what you do, kind of your background, how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So uh, my name is Akila Mendez Valdez. I uh, grew up in the middle of nowhere in Indiana, and I actually met my husband in college. We were both playing sports at Western Kentucky. He played basketball and I played volleyball and he was born and raised from San Antonio. So after we got married, it was kind of thinking about where we wanted to end up and who we wanted to be, you know, family wise, be close to. And so we ended up picking San Antonio and uh, have been here almost 10 years because we'll be married 10 years in June. So Uh congrats. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I've got two little girls and uh, I have my business and uh, keeps me on my toes and keeps me pretty busy these days. But we are a full service PR and marketing agency. And then I also run uh, my blog, which is what I really kind of started when I first moved to San Antonio was just my little blog in my little corner of the web. And it's just grown from there into having clients and you know, handling a lot of digital marketing and stuff for all kinds of industries and and people. And we're just kind of along for the ride. Awesome. That's great. So how did you get started with NPR? Like what was your kind of path to that? So when I went to school, I initially thought I was going to major in journalism. I wanted to be like the next like Christian Amanpour, like CNN foreign correspondent. Be I can like, totally see that. <laughs> oh man, someday, maybe, maybe it'll still be in my path at some point. But I just loved writing. I loved like people's stories. And so I started as a journalism major. And then, you know, of course, all of your professors give you like the doom and gloom of like, 
all right, you're going to be sent to like Lincoln, Nebraska for eight years, making 20,000 a year and you're going to have no family life. And so that was, that was enough, you know, to discourage me. And I felt like PR was somewhere where I could still write and tell stories, but I could do it with a little bit more work-life balance. And so when I first moved to San Antonio, I had my you know, undergrad degree and wanted to break into the PR industry and, and blogging was kind of still just on the cusp of becoming, you know, I don't even know if you could call it an industry now, but it's just really, it was just sort of people figuring out what it was back then. Mm-hmm. But it ended up being uh, my little blog. I was going to cover a fashion show and that was how I got in touch with another PR agency that was looking for interns. So I started with them and worked with them as an intern. I was actually expecting, I was married and pregnant with Cora as an unpaid intern at this agency. Probably that's like, like the only, I was the only pregnant intern in the history of <laughs> Sure. But I was like, hey, if y'all could hire me, that'd be great because I kind of need like health insurance. And I need, like, <laughs> right. It's kind of crucial. <laughs> yeah. So they did. I ended up, I think I was only like their second hire they had made. They were very new and just starting out. And so I was lucky to be able to grow with them. And then when I found out I was expecting my second, Issa, was when I had started to kind of feel the pull to go off on my own and do my own thing and, and start my own you know, full-time pursuing the blog and then having my own clients as a consulting business. So then how was that? Like, how was that jump from going to like being employed with benefits and healthcare and all of that to not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, everybody, when you think about owning your own business, everybody feels like, I'm just going to set my business plan and that's how it's going to go. And it's going to be fantastic. And I know like initially when I was getting ready to go off my own, I had a list of like, I think I had like five, you know, essentially prospects that I thought these are going to be my clients. They're going to be able to afford paying me this much a month and it's going to be great. And that was like the end of my business plan. Like I thought that was just (laughs) going to be how it was going to go. Right. Of course, like you just end up getting just smacked in the face with reality because it's much more of a grind. It's much more of a hustle. You know, nobody's going to just hand you anything. You have to just completely work your tail off. So it was definitely a challenge. Luckily, Issa was a very good second baby. So I was able to still juggle being a mom of two and kind of keep things going. But, you know, I think for me, like my entire journey as a business owner has been very slow and steady. Like we didn't, we didn't jump off, you know, year one making a a million dollars. We just grew slowly, but surely. And, you know, took opportunity after opportunity, said yes to everything we possibly could. And just now, you know, we're almost, oh boy, we're, we'll be six years now in the summer in July, it'll be six years on our own. And, you know, we're just kind of on the cusp of being, you know, really where we envisioned getting to. So yeah, that's, that's always, you know, nobody tells you the journey is going to be very long and very winding and very up and down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. So what did you find with like that transition? Because you had both kids at the time when you were transitioning over to Yeah, so we had Cora was, gosh, she would have turned three right before Issa was born. So I had, they're basically three years apart. So, you know, we had 
Cora, we had Isa. We were still traveling a lot. Orlando, I don't, I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but Orlando, my husband plays professional basketball, as you know, overseas. So he was playing in Cancun at the time. And so we were still traveling a lot with him and trying to, you know, keep things going while I wasn't necessarily in San Antonio all the time. So that kind of threw another wrench into, you know, how fast we were going to grow was kind of how much I could really manage being here and there. So yeah, we had, we had a lot going on, but you know, you, you rise to the occasion and you know, my mom, I'm the oldest of six. And oh my God, I, always, six. I didn't know you had that many siblings. Yeah. Yeah. So the baby is finally in college. And so I, I just always tell people like, you know, I feel like my mom had six kids and I want to have like two kids and like four different jobs. Like yeah. that's how <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's and awesome. So, you know, it's just a different kind of busy, I guess. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. So what, what do you, what would you say would be the biggest obstacle that you had to overcome just kind of branching out on your own? Like what was the biggest hurdle for you? Honestly, for me, and this might be kind of contrary to a lot of other people's answers, but I think my own like confidence in myself Mm. can get in my own way a lot of times, you know, I think especially, especially as a female entrepreneur, you and for myself being very type A, very perfectionist, I want to feel like I can completely control and predict exactly what's going to happen before I take that step. Yes, girl. And so for, (laughs) for me, I think I got in my own way a lot of like, oh, we're not ready for that. Oh, I'm not ready to start hiring. Oh, I better be careful before I take on too big of a project, too big of a client, you know, whereas like, you've got to have maybe you still have some fear, but you've got to just push through that fear as a business owner. And even when you don't feel like you're ready for things, you've got to just figure it out as you go along and be okay with not being 100% sure of how this is going to work out or if I'm ready for this or if it's going to be good. Just trusting yourself that you can handle it and you can, you know, branch out and go above and beyond what you're, you know, even thinking you're capable of at that moment you know, who knows, we, we might have grown a heck of a lot faster if I would have been willing to make some of those leaps faster, I guess. Right. Yeah, no, totally. I can totally relate to that. It is all about getting out of your way. Like I, I am my own worst enemy with a lot of things in the business. It's, it's so true. Yeah. I think a lot of times at the end of the day, I like think back of like, you know, what would a, what would a guy do? Like right. would a guy doubting himself? Will he be sitting there saying like, I don't know if I'm ready for a client, you know, that's asking me to do this and that. I, you know, don't know very many, very many male entrepreneurs that would, they would just be like, heck yeah, I can handle it. Let's go. So there's no reason that I shouldn't be able to just tackle things like that with the same sort of just gumption. Totally. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And then how did, I mean, how did you, what was your kind of key to overcoming that? Like, how did you get your mind in the right space? Yeah. So I have a a mentor that I have talked to with a lot of different things that have come across, you know, my plate being a business owner and her name is Christina and she and her husband were one of the first people to hire me and kind of take a chance on me when I was just starting out. 
And, you know, I still will just like call her for advice. And when I was at the point where I was just about with too much on my plate individually and needing to hire somebody, I was just freaking out about hiring. I felt like there's no way anybody can do what I do. There's no way that people can, you know, do things at a level that I want them to do. And I don't want to release, you know, control of this. And so I was having a conversation with her. And she really kind of just like sat me down and kind of like calmed me down, first of all. But then she really, you know, I don't know if it was her exact words, but she really kind of helped me see like, there's no, there's no great company of one, right? There's no like amazing company that has built this crazy, you know, amount of success by themselves. Yep. You are going to have to hire people at some point and you have to just push through those concerns and those fears that you have. And I think also understanding that like, I'm not the first person to do what I do and <laughs> someone, someone taught me and I can teach other people. Right, right. Uh, so, you know, if I can find good fits in terms of culture and personality and, you know, just generally being good people t- to communicate with our clients, then there's no reason I should feel that concern. And then it, it's, of course, like looking back, you're like, well, duh, like I, I had to hire people. I had to have a team with me, you know, but it's just scary to make that leap. No, totally. Yeah, no, it is. I'm like that too. And so I think you're similar personalities. That's how I'm type A and even now, and I, you know, I have a wonderful manager now, so it's, it's easier to relinquish some of it. But at first it's like, oh, it's just hold on so tight. Like, I don't know how it's going to turn out. And yeah, I, I was totally there too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause especially, you know, even with your gym, like people get attached to coming to hopes class, yeah. they get attached to having a kilo that they're emailing and they're exactly. communicating with. Exactly. And so that fear of like, I don't know if like my clients are going to be okay with this. I don't know if it's going to be the same experience mm-hmm. if they're not dealing with me directly. Yep. But you know, again, I think it just makes you so much more credible and so much more authentic with your clients. If you can say, look, we've got a team, we've got all these people, you know, we've got multiple instructors that teach at different times. And, you know, that's, people are so much more understanding than what you think they're going to be. And they, they get it and they want to support you at the end of the day. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And the ones that don't want to are not your people anyway. So it's like, you're not, yeah, it's not hurting you. Right. Yeah. No, that's definitely like a big, big part of it too, is starting to understand that like you have a say as well of like, what's a good fit for you and that you don't have to just completely bend over backwards for situations that are not helping your growth or your direction in the way that you want to go. Yeah. So that's, that's another hard lesson for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree for sure. And I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. sure with, I mean, you deal with a lot of different kinds of people with your work. So, I mean, I imagine, I mean, well, that, and I always tell you have like 88 jobs. So I like, how do you deal with, you wear a bunch of different hats, you know, your mom, your wife, your husband travels most of the year. How do you deal with, I assume at some point there's a stress factor. So how do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I think this past year, you know, I think everybody who is successful starts to tell you about like, what they do right now. And they forget to tell you that like they spent the first 
five, 10 years, however yeah. long. Like how they got be, there. Yeah. Right, right. They, I mean, everybody, it's almost like you have to pay your dues of yes. just being stressed and overworked and, you know, fairly miserable for the first few years. <laughs> but there's just no way around it. Like you've just got to fight through it. There's no, like nobody starts a business and has excellent work-life balance from day one. It's something that you have to like earn and build up to, I think. Yeah. I mean, feel free, like give people my cell phone if they feel like they do have a way to right? start. From I would like to know that too. <laughs> I'd love to hear it, but I feel right. like most people that are telling you like, oh, I, I meditate for an hour in the morning and then I, you know, have my, well, you probably do have meditation and vegan breakfast every single morning. But <laughs> well, if that at like four in the morning counts, I would prefer it not to be a four in the morning, but that's, you know, that's how it goes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But you know, I think for me, I just this past year have gotten to a point where I can start to evaluate how do I balance this out a little bit? How do I give myself some grace and give myself some, you know, understanding when I can't be everything to everyone? So one of the things that that entailed was I used to be really bad about emailing at all hours of the night, texting at all hours of the night, thinking I need to handle this and it's super urgent and it's got to get done. Yep. And I think I have backed off a little bit of that because... I've had a lot of conversations with other business owners that have said like, look, Akila, like nobody's working at two in the morning. Yeah. Nobody wants to say, nobody right. wants to hear from you. Nobody's checking. <laughs> yeah. You don't, it's the world is not going to end if you let that wait for just, you know, a good normal working business hours. Right. So I, I actually started, if I still am like up late at night, now what I do is I schedule all my emails to go out in the morning. Mm -hmm. So that people don't know that I'm up super late and I'm not, especially if I'm like emailing my team and stuff like that, I don't want them to see an email from me and feel like, Oh, I've got to respond to her. or right. oh, I've got to take care of this. Yeah. So I schedule emails through uh, G suite. And then I also have started scheduling my text messages mm. on my iPhone. I'll do an app called Moxie M O X Y. Oh, I need to. And, yeah. So because I guess on Android, you can schedule text messages just like normal. But okay. on iPhone, I guess you have to go through this app. Okay. And so I'll do that too. If like, again, if I'm wanting to, if I think of something last minute and I want to send it to a client or I think of something and I want to shoot it to one of our team members, I'll just schedule it so that it reminds me later on and I don't forget it, but I'm not working 22 hours a day instead right. of you know scaling it back a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then I think... Last thing I'll say too with like figuring out a balance is I went through a Sandler sales training for about a year, which is really awesome program really for a lot of different industries. And they have a local office here. Uh, it's Hector and Angel that run Sandler San Antonio. Okay. And one of the things that they really push, because it's beyond sales training, it's also just sort of like general business coaching. And one of the things they talk about a lot is equal business stature that especially in a service industry, a lot of times you feel like you have to absolutely bend over backwards for the client or the prospect or the customer or whoever. And it's okay to also understand that you have rights too in this transaction. And you, you have the ability to also set your boundaries and say, no, I'm sorry, I'm not available for a call at six o'clock at night. I'm right. with my family. I'd love to schedule a call with you for 
10 a.m. tomorrow morning or 2 p.m. or, you know, you can figure it out. And I think that's terrifying to do the first couple of times. And then you realize that people are okay with that. People are okay. if You just set those boundaries from the get go. They get it and they understand and, and they're willing to work with you to make it, you know, effective for everybody. Yeah, no, that's actually, I was going to ask you about that, how you set boundaries, like what boundaries are for you, like, you know, setting aside time for yourself and for your family and all that, like, how do you set those? Yeah, I mean, it's a battle for sure. I just started telling my girls, my two daughters, and I think I I posted about this on Instagram a while back or, or something, but I was reading a book where she talked about that she's given her kids permission that anytime she's on her phone and it's after work hours that if they see her on her phone and she's not giving them attention or she's not paying attention that they have permission to take mom's phone and that's go hide it. That's awesome. So I told, I told my girls that like, if it's, you know, cause it's so easy to just take a quick peek and see that there's a text message from so-and-so and think, Oh gosh, let me just, let me just shoot them something back real quick. Yeah. And I'm not great at it, but at least telling them that, hey, this is something that I'm consciously trying not to do and giving them permission to help me out with that. (laughs) And then I think too, like for us having clients that we're just starting with right now, we've tried to start to get better about from day one setting, here's what the boundaries are, because it's a lot easier to do that from the beginning versus if we've let them think it's okay to text us at 10 o'clock at 11 o'clock, you know, middle of the night, and then to back off of that and say, Hey, could you please try to like keep all communication between <laughs> this hour and this hour? Right. You know, there's no, like it, that's just an awkward conversation to have. So yeah, totally. more so like setting those boundaries up front, I think has become pretty key for us. Yeah. No, that that's, yeah. How do you prioritize yourself in all this? You know, you set boundaries with you and your clients and your family stuff, but how do you, how do you take your view? You know, I think I really feel really lucky that a lot of times the different opportunities that come through with the blog are things that are very fun and exciting and nice opportunities for me to just get away and do something, you know, like we've done a partnership for, you know, a few, gosh, it's been a six months. And then we did another six month contract before then too with hiatus spa, where we got to go on a monthly basis and go visit hiatus and have a spa. And, you know, technically it's for the blog, it's for, you know, our platform, but it's also built in self care for me. Yeah. Awesome. So that part's really nice. Obviously like going to imbalance is always like a really great time for me Mm -hmm. to kind of just check out. And again, too, I think, being in a class at imbalance forces me to really focus on what I'm doing versus like, if I try to just go get my nails done or something, I'm still going to be on my phone doing phone. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. You have to shut everything else out. Yeah. 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 So I, I guess, you know, just taking advantage of those opportunities that are afforded to me to use those as like self care moments. And then I think just like being willing to ask for help. Like my, my father-in-law helps me a ton uh, with the girls. I have neighbors that I've asked before, like, can you help, you know, pick up Cora from this? Can you help, you know, watch Isa for me for just an hour for this? And, you know, not having too much pride to just say, Hey, I, I need, I need somebody else to tap in on this. Like I need, I need an extra set of hands. Right. 
that's something that I've also had to to develop and, and get over. We're super lucky that one of Cora's very best friends lives next door to us. And so we'll just kind of say, hey, can the kids come over for a play date? And they'll just go and mom just gets like an hour of quiet time. And, Great. you know, I know they're right next door, but it's yeah. so nice just to have that like, you know, support in our neighborhood and family too on top of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So what do you kind of drives you now? So, you know, you're kind of full on to this PR thing. So what would be kind of your underlying purpose? Like what is your purpose behind what you do with your, with your firm? You know, I think for us, we have a lot of goals in mind in terms of financial, where we want to get to the types of clients we want to get after. And I think for me, the biggest core that I want to stay true to, no matter how much we grow or how much we evolve, is that I've always wanted to keep the agency very outside the norms of a traditional work corporate environment. I don't ever want to feel like I'm forcing people to sit at a desk from nine to five Mm -hmm. and they hate what they do and they don't feel like they have a great balance. And so, you know, as of right now, we have five team members and all of them telecommute. They all work from home or they work wherever they're traveling or if they want to do other things during their workday beyond just what we've got on our docket they're able to have that flexibility. And that's something that I have held really close to my heart for working for myself for six years is just having that, that flexibility. And it's something that I want to be able to give to other people, no matter how much we grow. Yeah. So I I think just kind of staying ahead of where the workplace can go uh, from here and how it can change and, and how I can, for me too, I think you get so caught up in the first few years of owning your own business with just working in the business, right? Like the working on your business versus working in your business. Mm -hmm. So for me, as I keep transitioning into this role of more so working on the business, I think I'm starting to really become more wrapped up in how do I become a better leader? How do I become a better facilitator of ideas and growing people and growing them pursuing what they want to do? versus just selfishly thinking about what do I want to do? How well am I doing my job kind of thing, but looking beyond into more of a a company and and growing as a brand and an agency. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And then where do you see that going? Like, where do you see yourself in your business five, 10 years from now? Like, what is your kind of your trajectory? Yeah, I mean, we would love to keep building with bigger and, and, you know, more large market clients and stuff, even beyond San Antonio. We'd love to keep growing our team, growing overall how many people we have. Again, I think right now we're at that juxtaposition of we all work from home. So there's no need for us to have like a brick and mortar office space. Mm -hmm. But again, like if you're thinking about the major PR agencies, there's none of them that have zero office space. Sure. They might have flexible office space. They might have like a co-working space, but right. they almost all have, you know, some sort of meeting and gathering place for the company. So yeah. I think kind of looking at what that looks like for us when, as we continue to grow and have a bigger team, you know, eventually we're going to get to the point where that makes sense and that's somewhere we need to head. So that's exciting too, you know, to keep building and growing and, yeah. you know, my dad, my dad owns, he still owns uh, his own business and runs he's a a farmer. So he runs a family farm. 
And so I think I always am kind of like comparing and, and looking at how he grew his business and how he was able to kind of start from nothing and build something. And and I always want to, you know, make him proud and feel like I've got that that streak of being a business owner too. So yeah, we'll we'll just kind of see where it goes. And and I'm just really grateful and and thankful that we've always had, you know, opportunities that come your way because it's always going to be an ebb and flow. But if that number's going up more than it's going down, you just you can't do anything other than be thankful to God and to the people who trust you. Totally. Yeah. So before I have one more question to ask you, but before I do that, where can people find you? So our website is oatintexas.com. So it's H-A-U-T-E-I-N-Texas.com. And that's what we are across all social media too, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all over the place. And that's, you know, where you can find us. You'll, you'll see when you land on the website, you can see one side will take you to the blog and then one side will take you to the agency. So you can find out more about whichever side interests you the most. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And then this question I ask everyone, what do you think is the most important thing people can do or the most important change they can make? to live with purpose? I think for me, my faith has a, a good deal to do with how much I feel like I'm able to keep my head on straight through all the craziness of you know owning a business and being a mom and being a wife and all of that. So whether to you that's God or higher power or the universe or, or whatever it is to you, I think feeling like you have something that is going to be your anchor through whatever life throws at you and just having a a soft place to land. Like for me, when, when things are just absolutely miserable, I always want to just retreat back to, I want it to be my husband. I want it to be my girls. And that's the only three people I really want to spend time with. Yeah. And so making sure that you have that super secure, tight knit, you know, your people, I think that gives you the courage and the foundation to go after your purpose because you know, at the end of the day, if I fail, if I succeed, if I'm wrong, if I'm right, no matter what, my faith and my family are going to be there no matter what. So again, you know, kind of goes back to that whole like tackling that fear and whatnot. Like for me, I feel like I can conquer that fear because I have my faith in my family at the core of who I am. Totally. I cannot agree more. I love it. That's perfect. I thank you. Thanks for spending time and chatting. And I just, I mean, I know you've had, you put so many nuggets in there. Just, I love it. You did. It's awesome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I can't say enough good things about you, Hope, and just like, how fantastic you are in everything that you do as well. So thank you. Um, I appreciate anytime, it. Anytime I can help or, or whatever you guys need. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Hopeful and Wholesome, y'all. If you found value in this week's episode, please subscribe on iTunes wherever you get your podcast and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I'd love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I know how I can provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics that you want to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Hope Pedraza or visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. Thanks, y'all.